I was playing defense. Somebody shot a jump shot. I blocked it to half court, ran to half court, got it. And I threw down a very thunderous dunk. Like this is a, like, I don't know what had happened, like what was going on in my head, but this was a 13 year old soaring through the sky and dunking. So, you know, everybody was kind of like, who is this kid, you know? And they were like, yeah, he's, you know, he's this black kid from Ireland. So all of a sudden the next day I'm playing a game and all these coaches are here. It was Oak Hill, Dumbatha, which is very, very good prestigious schools for basketball here. So they're talking to me and they're like, Aiden, you know, we think you should stay in America. And, I, and I'm kind of giggling like, I mean, I'd love to. It's America. But <laughs> I don't think like my mom would let me do do that. Yeah, so, I live in Dublin. <laughs> I live in Dublin. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'll tell you this. As soon as I came to the United States and I stayed here, my childhood ended. It was June of 2014 and 13-year-old Aidan Igehan packed his bags and said goodbye to his mother and boarded a flight across the Atlantic Ocean to New York City. At the time, he was six foot four and anyone with eyes could see the potential. Nobody knew he would grow to 6'10", 235 pounds, consistently average 20 plus points per game, 15 rebounds a game, win a scholarship to one of the top universities in the country and earn enough buzz to be as the first Irish player of his generation with the potential to go to the NBA. But that is exactly the spot that everyone wants. The competition is ferocious, as you'll hear. This upcoming season, Aidan Harris is hoping to lead Grand Canyon University back to the NCAA tournament. And who knows what lies beyond that. As you can imagine, I was absolutely delighted to get the chance to talk to this man. I was blown away by his character, the sense of crack about him, the outlook that he has in the face of some really challenging times and injuries. This isn't an episode specifically for people who love basketball. For me, it's an episode for anyone who can appreciate what it's like to move away from home to chase something you desperately want and it's an episode about hard work and wanting to do your mommy proud and who can't relate to that ladies and gentlemen i give you the aiden the gayhan episode of an irish man abroad that's the small talk now let's go down to business now your program what's the big idea well, they've grown to know the Irish much better. We've now got to know how largely their mind works. I moved over here and immediately I had to up my game. I could not have done the job I, I did for quite a number of years in Ireland. I had to go and earn my living in England. I think a lot of it's in my hair. I think there's a lot of Ireland in here. I had an Irish upbringing. 20 years after an Irishman couldn't get a fucking job, we had the presidency. It was some heightened awareness of how hard my tribe had had it in London. No blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Never has a nation so small inspired so much in another. So you could say there's always been a little green behind the red, white, and blue. Our family is very Irish, you know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special announcement to make at this stage. Would you welcome, please, the wonderful Charlie Thrigo! Aidan Gahan, it's brilliant to have you on Irishman Abroad after a, a while of trying to get you on here. Probably around 2017 when when things like exploded for you. Like you, you'd, you'd have to say 
you exploded into the minds of Irish people when these videos and this story of the Irish Hulk first appeared. What was your response at that time when you were suddenly thrown from being not only an immigrant Irish kid in Brooklyn to a phenomenon high school player to now kind of this international kind of viral hit. Like, what was that like for you at that time? I mean, for me, it was a humbling experience. I was kind of just kind of just living in, in the moment. Mm. Um, you know, my mom was more excited than I was. You know, she was just always telling me how proud of uh, how proud of me she was. But for me, it was the work. Like, I, I really I really just uh, loved that game, you know, so I was just playing it, you know, um, and, you know, I just wanted to be great. So I became really addicted to the work. And once you put the work in, I mean, everything just falls in place. You know, so I was I, I mean, I was really I was really happy. I was grateful. I was proud of myself because of how I was representing my country, mm-hmm. um, you know, because, you know, they, there aren't a lot, of, a, a lot of Irish basketball players that have like, you know, made it this far and even made it to the NBA, which I'm, you know, which I'm still, you know, striving to make. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely it was it was definitely a great experience. I mean, when when like when all that was was like happening, but it was, you know, I I believed I could do it, and I already like envisioned it. So I wasn't um I wasn't like super super hype. I was just kind of in like in the moment. Mm, yeah, I guess that's the thing. If that was your goal, like if that's where you wanted to be, where you like we, yeah. we all understand now that if somebody is going to make it to that level, they need a certain amount of buzz. I mean, there's yeah. there's there's players in the NBA whose buzz began when they were 12. And yes. you're like, yes. you just look at the Ball Brothers, for example. I mean, exactly. I've known about them so long. Like, I've watched them as children playing this game. And here they are de- delivering uh, on the big stage. Like, I never thought they would exactly. when you were 12. I mean, you were leaning reluctantly against the wall of a uh, gym door, unfamiliar with the game and kind of having to be coaxed into even taking part. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, how it started, I mean, I started off as a soccer player. You know, my older brother was a soccer player. And, um, you know, being a, you know, a younger brother, you always want to be like your older brother. So, you know, I was a, I was, I was a soccer player for a while. I, I could always tell I was a good athlete. You know, I used to run track also, so I was a very good athlete. But, you know, soccer wasn't my niche. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't something I was great at. You know, I was decent, but not great. And, you know, it, it came to a point where I just wanted to find my own um, path mm-hmm. to take. And, um, you know, it was, it was actually, you know, it was definitely like a miracle because I, because I had just finished. Um, soccer practice in Mall Park, and um, you know my uh, my basketball coach at the time over there, Miss Corscadden. She was like, "Listen, we uh, have basketball trials, but we don't have enough students. So if you want to just come in and just be an extra body, sure." I was like, "Okay." And you know, once I picked up the, the basketball, something just felt right. You know, and from that day on, I never looked looked back. You know, I stopped playing soccer and I just kept going with it. And it was, you know, I was 12, almost 13 years old already. So it was so late compared to, you know, not to talk of the kids, in, you know, here in the, in the United States, but even the kids at home in Ireland, they've been playing since they were eight years old, you know. Absolutely. Since, you know, and so I, I just felt so late. So, of course, I was horrible. 
for the first couple of months. But, you know, uh, you know, my love of the game started early. I mean, I, I was the first to get to, to, to the gym, the last to leave, you know, every day, every day just hacking at it. And, you know, what really helped me was my growth spurt, you know, and that at the age of 13, I grew near, nearly a foot. So in, in the space you know, that, of a year. Oh, yeah, just the space of a year. So, you know, averaging about an inch a month, you know, it was, it was pretty crazy. I'd say you were doing yeah. your mother's head in as well because she couldn't oh, keep yeah. you in shoes or clothes at that time. Oh, my. It was it was really scary for her. Actually, it's actually a funny story. She she took me to the doctors and she was like, listen, my son is growing too fast. <laughs> and she asked the doctors for a pill to slow down my growth. No. And. And I'm like, and the doctor was like, oh, my God, stop it. This is a, a healthy, you know, you know, because she she's never experienced it, you know. So she it, it was really weird. Like every day she would see me get taller and taller. She'll buy me clothes. I'll grow out of it. You know, it was just every day, you know. So she was really scared. And, you know, that doctor said, man, it's all healthy. You know, he's just growing up, you know. That's all it is. But um, yeah, it was it was it was it was crazy. But me growing, you know, physically off the court, I was also grown at the same time on the on the court. So, you know, I, I came in, in in my rookie year of, of, of basketball, playing playing for Lions as the worst player on the team. And I left as the M MVP of the league, you know, oh, at the end of the year. I mean, this is the this is the craziest thing, right, Aiden? This is like the the speed of the ascent is yeah. is absurd. And yeah, sure, look, it's helped along by the growth spurt. We all know that like this game, you don't have to be told to play this game, but it helps. That, but that's one thing aside here. I mean, what you did in that on um, in that year, as you say, must have felt really strange to have kind of gone from being kind of an average sportsman to kind of being the talk of the town. The the you know the like that that flip that coin flip from worst guy on the team to MVP. I mean, yeah. that must be exhilarating and something that you will never forget and certainly a sense of coming home a little bit. Definitely. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I tell you, it's a it was it was surreal. It, it really did feel like I was in a dream because it happened so fast. And, you know, it's it's one thing for for another person to tell you that you're getting better. But it's another thing to feel mm. yourself getting better. This was every day. You know, the ball continuously felt more natural in my hands every day I, I played, you know, in, in the claustrophobic gym, you know, I'm just, and, and then it was awesome, you know, um, it was fun. And, 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 and that's the biggest part of it is that I wasn't playing to, to make my name big or, or to, or to make, make tons of money. You know, at that time I wasn't playing for that. I was just playing simple for it. Just simply for the love of the game. And, you know, I just loved it more than a lot of the kids. Sure. You know, I, I was just, you know, I wasn't, you know, the gyms would be locked and I'm outside just, dri just dribbling the basketball, just on the concrete, just dribbling the basketball. This was, this, this was, uh, an obsession for me. And, you know, my mom would be Calling me like, listen, the street lights are on. You need to come, come, come back home. And it's just me and myself and my basketball. Like that's literally what, so, what it was. So when you say Aiden that the, the ball felt more natural in your hand with each passing day, I think that a lot of listeners will want to know like how that manifested. Like when does the first dunk take place? Because obviously yeah, yeah. that's a moment. I mean, it's also a of moment course. that most people will never experience. But yes. it then you know, it, it nearly becomes that power and that 
yeah. finishing becomes your calling card to a degree. Of course. When does the, when course. does the first dunk take place? Do, do you remember it? Oh, absolutely. I remember this was um, again, it was in Mall Park. Um, so I was uh, I was in second year. I was I was in second year and um, I was playing for the under six sixteens, which is you know the third years and the fourth years, and hmm. um, I was I was I was in the practice there, and you know this whole time, you know I think I think I'm thirteen. I'm about thirteen years old at this time, and I've been trying to dunk all the time. Like I've been missing trying, just you know trying all at that time, and and this is practice now, so this is pretty serious because I'm not the best player in the gym because I'm the youngest in the gym, hmm. you know. But you know I'm I'm talented enough, but you know it's 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 still pressure to do well in practice and you know we were running this this drill called the three-man weave and we, we were just kind of you know just kind of going with it and 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 i just remember just getting the ball and jumping you know and i didn't mean to even dunk it i was just trying to you know make make a layup but finish as high as possible and you know it's crazy because my brother who's a soccer player was in the gym watching it, it was a full gym everybody was there you know, that's what made it, I think, the, <laughs> the best. And everybody saw it. Not one person missed it. So, you know, when I dunked it, everybody's like, oh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was I just kind of had like a blank face because, it, you know, I, I didn't realize what I, what I just did for like a couple seconds. And then when it kind of just clicked, I started jumping around like, oh, I dunked it. I dunked it. And, it, <laughs> and you know, it, it was one of the times where, you know, if, if there's basketball players that are, are like hearing this, when you catch your first dunk, it, it takes so long for you to actually dunk again. <laughs> yes. It's like when when you dunk it, it's like that's it for a couple of weeks, you know, <laughs> that you're, you're not dunking again because you, you think just because you, you can dunk, you, you can dunk every time. But it was so inconsistent. But that one time was good enough. I was like, yeah, no, I, you know, I've arrived. I've, I, you know, I can dunk. You know, you know, I, that, that, that whole week I was just walking around saying, yeah, like, yeah, like I can dunk, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can dunk. You know? But it so, is like, it's like it was, a milestone. Like it, it is, crazy. I have experienced it and it's unlike any other sporting, there's, there are very few sporting parallels because it is such a, a milestone in terms of there are those that can and those that can't. And of course, there's the movie around the, that very idea. And from that point, though, I mean, it's absurd to hear of a 13-year-old doing that. Your coach oh, at the yeah. time, who is your coach at the time? And when does the talk turn to, Moyle Park is not the place for this guy. We need to get him to where yeah. excellence and expertise in this game belongs, New York City. And that's where, you know, a lot of people have the story mixed up, you know, because, you know, it was Mall Park, but it was really dub. It was Dublin Lions how this started. You okay. know, and I was playing with with Lions, and you know, we were planning an American trip because we won our league. You know, so this is the you know the parents' treat to, to us. You know, so you know Mick Mick White, who was uh, our coach at the time for the under four, fourteen team, he said, "Listen, I'm going to organize a trip to to America." And it was crazy because I was having a really bad practice, and I mean, I don't know, maybe it was puberty. I was having mood mood swings. I don't know what 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 was going on, but he sat me down. He said, "Listen, I'm going to take you to America," and I was like, "What?" And he was just like, "Listen, I'm about to announce it. Like, we're going to plan a trip." And he announced it at the end of practice. He's like, "Listen, their, their trip is going to be really expensive. So, tell your parents, you know, that the trip is two thousand. You know, 
this is what we're going to do. So, you know, I ran home and I said, Mom, 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 listen, I don't want no birthday present, Christmas present ever again. I just want to go to America. I want to go to America. And usually, you know, I, I come from a strict household and my mom's looking at me like, but for some reason she was like, okay, fine. I was like, really? Like, I didn't even expect a yes. So, you know, you know, so she, so she made it happen. We went that summer, June 28, 2014, I arrived in the States. Now, the plan was not for me to remain here. Okay. That's what people get mixed mixed up. This was just me going on a trip with my friend. Sure. You know, this was, you know, this was, you know, yes, of course, you know, just a couple of kids who enjoy that game, just being in America, you know. So, but what did happen is that we went to a camp, a 76ers camp, and it was the whole Lions team versus, you know, basically all the Americans that went. And, you know, I'm I'm scared. I'm like, wow, these are Americans. Like, mm. these are the people who know how to play basketball. And, you know, in Ireland, I was pretty good. But when I, as soon as I saw everybody play, I was humbled immediately. I was like, wow, these people are awesome. But I didn't give myself enough credit because I was just like, no, I'm not that good. I'm not that good. But what happened was when the games began, I was actually playing really, really well. And the the dunk that we're talking about, I was dunking very consistently whenever I wanted. And this is this has never happened. It was just this was me entering America, and all of a sudden I can dunk at any time. Wow! Like this is this is a, a next a next day thing. One day I could barely dunk it, and the next day I was dunking. It was, you know, it was just a miracle, really. And you know, when I was playing, you know, there was this one game that uh, you know, I was playing defense. Somebody shot a jump shot. I blocked it to half court. Ran to half court, got it, and I, I threw down a very thunderous dunk. Like, this is a, <laughs> like, I don't know what had happened, like, what was going on in my head, but this was a 13 year old soaring through the sky and dunking. So, you know, everybody was kind of like, who is this kid? You know, and they were like, yeah, he's, you know, he's this black kid from Ireland. Ireland, like, what's, you know, I looked, I looked like one of the Americans, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I looked like one of them. And, and, and they were like, no, is this kid from, from, from Ireland? So all of a sudden, the next day, I'm playing a game and all these coaches are here and I'm, I'm, I'm wondering like, why is this particular game so packed? I'm like, maybe it's the last game of the day. Maybe they just want to watch something. I mean, I don't know. And you know, I, I paid no mind in that game. I caught about two or three dunks. And you know, after that I was called over to these coaches it was Oak Hill, the, the, the Matha, which is very, very good, prestigious schools for a basketball. Yeah, I mean, Oak Hill, just to put it I in mean, context, who went to Oak Hill is like, it's oh, it's oh an NBA God. alumni that, NBA like, you alumni. know, Carmelo Anthony, dude, like, yes. this, is, this is a huge Rondo. prep school. You know, oh my God, you know, countless NBA players. So they're talking to me, and obviously I have no clue. I have no clue, you know, and I'm just talking. And they're like, Aiden, you know, we think you should stay in America. And I'm kind of giggling, like, I mean, I'd love to, it's America, but I don't, I don't think like my mom would let me do, do that. Yeah, so, I live in Dublin. <laughs> I live in Dublin, you know what I'm saying? So my coach at the time, Rob, Rob White and Mick White, they give my mom a call and said, listen, like Aiden needs to stay in America. I think he can do something here. And my mom's like, oh, God, no, he's coming back, back home. And he says, pass the phone to Aiden. Passed the phone to me, and my, my mom asked me, "Aiden, are you are you good enough to stay in America and play basketball?" And I said, "Mom, I mean, I, I mean, like honestly, I'm I'm really not. Like, I don't think so. So, you know, I should probably head back home." And my coach took the phone back. Was like, "Listen, I think he can do something special with his life here, you know." And my and my 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 mom's kind of like, "Okay, like let's give it a shot." I mean, 
So wow. I ended up staying looking for, for schools. It was quite difficult at first because at this time, I'm about six foot six. I'm 13 years old, and, 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 but I'm really skinny. You know, I'm really, really skinny. And, and these coaches I'm visiting, these high schools I'm visiting, they don't really believe in me that, that much. They're like, ah, yeah, well, we, you don't know how much he's, he's going to grow. You know, some, some, some kids grow er- early and stop. You know, it's 6'6". Six, six, you don't really have guard skills. Like, we don't, we don't know. You know, mm. so now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. One second, you guys want me. Now you guys don't. Like, it's kind of confusing. And that's so, a lot for a 13-year-old. Like, let's let's be honest. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's also, a, there's all this talk about careers. I mean, of course, a lot of Irish kids don't think about their career until they fill out the CAO form. <laughs> you're being asked to make this decision at 13. I mean, your head must have been a mess. Oh, I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, I, I was... Like, I don't really know how I was feeling because I, I, I didn't want to play basketball for a living. Like, that's not what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, you, you said I was 13. You know, I didn't even think I could do it, mm-hmm. you know. So when they're talking about all this, I'm, 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 I'm kind of scared. I'm like, whoa, like, is this happening right now? And, you know, lo and behold, we find a small school in, in Long Island and, and, and then they enroll me there. And, and, and that's that's when the growth and the... And and the buzz started really start, you know, when I started my high school career, you know, I did uh, my my uh, second year over again because they wanted me to, you know, eat and bulk up a little bit, you know, and get and get and get better. So I redid that year, and then and then as time went on, I, I was I was growing, I was getting better, you know. And well, I don't, Aiden, I don't want to. I don't want to skip the eating and bulking up section of this story because it doesn't sound like work, does it? Eating. <laughs> you just got to eat this amazing oh. American food. <laughs> and, uh, but eating and bulking up when you were six foot six at 13 years old and you're like still experiencing that growth spurt. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not fun. And, <clears throat> you know, the, the weight room can't have been you know, the, the place that you regard it right now. Uh, mm. I mean, at that time, what what was this process like and who who breaks it down for you that these are the calories you're going to need to consume? These are the well, things that you're going to need to do? Of course. Of uh, course. Who well, does that? You know, I, 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 I fell in contact with this man. His name is Dana Dingle, you know, and he happens to be the, the father of one of my best friends, Jordan Dingle. And who, he also went to the same school as me. And, and, and Dana Dingle is an AAU coach you know and he's a he's a basketball guru and he's the one that trained me for for most of my time in high school and um he told me he said listen you're you're gonna have to put on a lot of weight and you know we're gonna have to do that this this summer so it was the summer of my eighth grade year um going into my ninth grade so it was when i was going into my third year and um he would take us to this park and we would do so many pull-ups, so many dips, so many push-ups, so many sit-ups, and and we would run five miles every day, every morning, wow. every morning. And that was our, our like our regimen. And then and after that, we do two two. Uh, we'll train twice. So we'll we'll do, we'll do that in the morning. Go to the gym at eleven. Train from eleven to one. Come back again and train from about five to seven. What you know? That was every day. That, <laughs> that was every day in that summer. I mean, that's and a, this that's was full time. Of, that's full time athletes stuff. <laughs> um, oh my god! Listen, I was fourteen, man. This is one of the worst experiences of my life. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was tough. It was tough because I didn't really, uh, you know, know what hard work really was mm. until then. Mm. Who does? You know, and and he would put us on these 
Yeah, exactly, man. You know, and he would put us in, you know, in that pro, put us on the protein shake and and make sure we're eating with the protein shake. And I bought my own protein shake. So after I'm finished training, I'll go home and, and eat dinner with the protein shake. So, so. But Aiden, from that let me summer, let me pause I, you there. I'm sorry to cut in again, yeah. but I, but like I know go that ahead, for ahead. a lot of the listeners, like this just sounds like traveling to another planet. Because I remember, you know, being <laughs> 13, 14 years old and going and staying at a friend's house for two nights oh, and being so lonely well, that I had to come home the second <laughs> night. I mean, what was the loneliness not like in that? Because I know you're staying with your aunt and your uncle, but that's yeah. not your mom. And I mean, the no, bond with man. your mom, like you, your mom sounds like the most incredible person to, to first of all, get behind this, understand what's happening, what potentially could happen, yeah. get behind you. First of all, right. to find the 2000 euros to get you there when, you know, yeah. money isn't easy to come by, particularly 2000 euros even now isn't easy to come by. How do you manage the loneliness of that at that age? Well, that's that's a good question. I mean, I tell you this one. As soon as I came to the United States and I stayed here, my childhood ended. Like, there's no childhood. There's no friends. Like, I don't till till this day, I don't really have friends. You know, and it's it's not, it's 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 not like if you're looking for friends and having a good time, then you shouldn't really do do this because my childhood ended at 13. Mm. You know, so you know, I was. I was lonely, but I didn't have time to be lonely. Sure. You know what I'm saying? I didn't I didn't have that, that time to to sit on my bed and, you know, and just ponder and, and just sit in sorrow. I didn't have the time. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some some times that I broke down, of course, you know, calling my mom that I want to come home, that I don't want to do 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 this. Of course, there's a plethora of times. And my mom, you know, man, she's awesome. Man. She. You know, a, a lot of mothers would hear their children cry on the phone in a different country and send them completely back. Come, come back yeah. to Ireland now. I you know, know I my would. son yeah. can do this. Of course, I, th I think I would too if I had a kid. And you know, my mom was so actually so strong. You know, God, God bless her soul. She was just kind of like, listen, you know, you have an opportunity here. Don't screw it up. You know, stay strong. We'll Facetime every day. We'll try get get you. Get you back in the summertime which which i did come home a little bit and you know it, it, it was lonely but it was only lonely for a couple of minutes like mm -hmm. then it's back to work then it's like all right I'm yeah back up, my tears out you know i just had a lot of mental toughness and i don't know where it came from and i didn't it was it's just so weird now that i'm thinking about it i mean i'm, I'm i was so young I, I i don't know where it came from you know, I think it was instilled. It was, it was already instilled in me, but I, I didn't know where it came from. I just kept fighting it. I just kept being obsessed with the game, uh, yeah, obsessed I mean, with getting better. It's, you know, it sounds like you're zeroed in at that point, like locked in. Yeah. Like I, I mean, you can't. I can't really imagine a, a kid doing that, but you did, and you know the results, Aiden. You know the impact that has on your play. The commitment that you made and the work that you put in is obvious. It's there in the numbers. Nobody can ever take those numbers away from you. When did you first start feeling like I'm actually close to dominating here at this level and this work is paying off? Because that must be equally with the dunk. That must be the most rewarding <laughs> moment in this. Yeah, I mean, I actually I actually remember the exact exact moment that I felt like that. I mean, and you're and you're and you're talking about dominating on a national level, of mm. course, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, when I started to feel like I was one of the best players in the country was probably my uh, 10th grade year going into my junior year. So for a reference, my fourth year going into my fifth year. And, you know, it was on the Nike circuit. And I was playing against Bobo and, Sha- and Shaquille O'Neal's son. Sure. And, um, yeah. They're pretty. Yes, exactly. And they're and they're and they're um, they were pretty good. They were on a stacked team, you know. They were on a stacked team. And um, at this moment, I didn't really get a lot of playing time in, in my AAU team because you know I was I was the youngest on the team. I was playing up. I always played up. And I think one of our bigger guys he got hurt. So they just threw me in the mix, like just get in there and go there. And and that game was my, you know, welcome to the stage game. You know, I had 18 points. I I went nine for nine from the field with nine dunks. Right. So this is it was the perfect game. It can't get any more perfect than that. And is, and is was, Ball Ball trying to stop you on those dunks? He's, he, he's trying. I'm dunking on Bobo like Bobo. <laughs> Bobo dunked on me too, though. Like, let's not get it twisted. Like, this, this was a good game. You know what I'm saying? But so, just for the listeners was, who don't know who Ball Ball is, is he seven foot four? Is that the height that he stands? He's about seven three. Yeah, he's about he's about seven three. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. I love yeah. Ball Ball. I have to say, I have a real <laughs> soft spot for him. But oh my god, nine dunks. Nine dunks. Nine for nine for him to field. It was a great game, you know. And 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 what had happened was I didn't realize the magnitude that was going to come from that because I finished playing and I had like 30 something offers right after that game, scholarship offers. So, you know, from everybody, you know, Syracuse, Wake, Wake Forest, like, I mean, everybody, I, everybody was at that game. It was the biggest game of the, of the day. Mm-hmm. So everybody was over there be, because of Bobo, you know, Bobo was about like the number five player in the country at the time. So everybody was coming to watch Bobo. You know, so tell and, me this, and, right? Because again, we are translating a bit for people. I'm, I'm sometimes in danger of getting too inside basketball when I talk to guys like you, and forget that people maybe listen to this and go, uh, "Scholarship offers? <laughs> what are you talking about? Take it!" Oh. <laughs> but all, all of these universities, like Wake Forest, and uh, I think I saw a letter from Kansas for you in a video. These schools essentially send the letter to be in the hunt for you for when yes. you make that decision as to where you go. Am I right in the way I've put yeah. that? So, yeah, so basically, you know, when you get a college letter, that doesn't mean you have a scholarship. That means probably you have interest. So, you know, I got a million college I probably have a college letter from every school in the country, you know. What it is is they'll call you, you know, they'll, they'll call you, they'll speak to, you, to your family, they'll be like, listen, we'll like to extend a full, a full scholarship to you. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a definite blessing. You know, your, your college is played for it. And you have the decision to go to whichever school who has offered you a scholarship. So that's a little taste of this conversation. It goes on. We get deep into the next phases of Aiden's journey. And you really need to hear the rest of this conversation. It's so much fun to talk to this man. If you want to hear it, it's simple. Patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. You can unlock all of our episodes, all the extended cuts from eight years of conversations with the greatest Irish people ever to have lived. Aidan is, of course, on Twitter. Give him a follow. Aidan Igehan is the exact name there on Twitter. Please do give him a follow. Give him a shout. 
let him know that you're behind him and wishing him well on his journey massive thanks to Aidan for doing this uh, John Marr for his extra research Brian Connolly on Santina and Mikey for making it all possible but please do come on over become a member of Irishman Abroad and start enjoying the rest of this conversation and lots lots more over there now <laughs>